You're listening to the Two Minute Time Lord. Hi, welcome to another time dilation edition of the Two Minute Time Lord podcast. And I have brought along with me some wonderful long lost folks who are getting ready to rise like a phoenix from the ashes resplendent in all their feathered glory. I speak, of course, of Leeson Fisher and Harry Medium, the boys behind the Radio Rassilon podcast. How are you doing, guys? Uh, we're doing fabulous, um, um, mainly due to that uh, rather overinflated introduction. I live to overinflate. Mm, I feel bigger. <laughs> oh, Wait, this is going to go in a dark ter- in, a, in a dark direction if I don't uh, change gears real fast. Um, the Two Minute Time Lord podcast has been doing throwback reviews of the 2005 Christopher Eccleston series of Doctor Who, and having wrapped that up, I wanted to bring some friends along to talk about the leather jacketed uh, Doctor, and um, I, I heard that the Radio Rassilon podcast might actually be coming back, so I wanted to get you guys back on. What's going on, guys? That's true. We are actually uh, available uh, for bookings. Uh, so we are here, uh, yep. and we're happy to talk about... Well, I'm happy to talk about Eccleston. I don't think Harry's quite so happy. I'm fairly happy. You're f- about talking about Eccleston? Be honest, it makes you angry. He doesn't make me angry. He makes me a little bit sad. Oh, he makes you sad. Yeah. But but he makes he makes he makes me happy inside. He 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 was the first doctor to to bring the show back. Wasn't and, he? And this excellent? is this is the thing that we're looking at in the context of the show coming back. A 50-year uh, cycle. A 50-year cycle, if you will. Uh, and and he did a fabulous job. The thing that I love the most uh, Stop. and I'm going to We should say hello to Chip we haven't spoken before. Hello, Chip. We haven't spoken Hello. like this face to face, have we? Abs- absolutely. I mean, I mean, I'm right there in in your sitting room with you. I can yes. see you with your cup of tea, grape juice. But yes, 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 grape juice. My word. Yeah. But the yes. thing I love the most about Christopher Eccleston yeah. and what he brought to the role of the Doctor mm-hmm. is he's one of those Doctors where you can't see any direct lineage to any other Doctors. Go on uh, and. You know, given that uh, the current Doctor is the 11th Doctor, and mm-hmm. a lot of people look at the 11th Doctor and they can see different aspects, different facets of all the old Doctors. They yes. say, that's a bit of McCoy there. Yeah, quite there's a lot. There's a bit of Troughton there. Yeah, quite a lot. So he seems to be a distillation of, whereas the ninth Doctor, like the 4th Doctor, wasn't any of those things. He was just, mm. he was his own Doctor. Uh, and he came on and he did it, and he did it when the show had been away for a long time and when the show was being laughed at on a regular basis, certainly in this country, possibly in the world. And and he did a fabulous job. I, I liked that, the, the flip between the embarrassing dad, comedic dad, being a bit too funny. Who's that? It was my dad, certainly. Probably your dad. Who's that in relation to Doctor Who? No, but th- this is... It was it was the it was the juxtaposition between him being a bit frivolous, a bit silly, and almost embarrassing. I think this was an this was a uh, this was done on purpose. What? I, yeah, and then you've got the switch to camera where you turn around and when no one was single looking, single tear, uh, yeah, single tear, dark face. So yeah. there was two facets. He was trying to put a brave face on a very very. And at that point, you've got to remember when the show came back, we didn't know about the time war. It was all being inked out slowly. We didn't know what We don't know about the time war now. What do you think to the ninth Doctor Chip? What do you think? Do you love him? 
I think that, well, it was kind of weird because he comes in in a leather jacket. I mean, right then, right there. Uh, like David Hasselhoff, said, that's what he screams to me. David <laughs> Hasselhoff. <laughs> With significantly less hair. But he's, but he's gurning, and um, he, he's that, that ridiculous uh, scene with the Auton arm when he's trying to get um, strangled. But we never remember that. He's always the Dark Doctor. I mm. do remember that. I don't like the gurning. That was one word that would sum him up for me, I think, gurning. Yeah, but you see, I mean, in in preparation for this podcast, I, I watched Rose again last night, uh, and to go from uh, the uh, the era that we're at now, the Eleventh Doctor, and it's, it's the show has been back for a, for a sizable amount of time. Uh, to go back to Rose and to see the difference in production values and the way that the show was was sort of envisaged then, and and it was it was just incredible. And there were some cringeworthy sort of moments like like the arm moment and just the general music yeah the general goofing and the music but i like to i mean i ignore the music uh how where, can you ignore that music well so i thought you were going to join in then chip i, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like i killed the moment but yeah uh, <laughs> in retrospect i've heard lots of people complain about the music and now i've gone back i it annoyed me, but I didn't notice it at the time. In fact, it annoyed one. Of, it annoyed me about one of my favourite scenes, which is um, from the episode Rose, where he uh, appears in the cat flap. Oh uh, yeah, the and, cat flap. Yeah, and then and then Rose follows him down the stairs, and they do that long tracking shot through the council estate, and he's explaining who he is, and he's being quite frivolous. Which ends with the world spinning through space. Yeah, yes. which, which I, I love that whole sequence, and then Rose running back to the TARDIS that's disappeared. Brilliant. That just sums up the whole of the Ninth Doctor for me. Brilliant. But I hadn't noticed the intrusive music mm. um, until people had pointed it out to me, and then years later I went back and watched it. Um, but no, I, I think the comedy aspect of the Doctor, I like to think of it as being intentional. Um, that there is this dichotomy between him goofing around, trying to look all... Um, all goofy. Light-hearted and goofy. And being destroyed inside. Yes, yes, I like that. Mm. Now, Harry, I want to I want to draw you out a little bit. Huh. I want to I want to I want to tease out because you think that you 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 think about the gurning as being the key word for it. From it's two thousand five. You're watching this show for the first time. Does it feel like Doctor Who to you? Um, yes, because I'd done a weird thing where I'd um, w- grown up on Doctor Who and then somehow wiped it out of my memory. So it kind of felt, it was only after that I started to think, well, I know a lot about this. How do I know so much about this? Because I watched them all. So you retconned yourself or somehow? I I don't know what happened, whether I was taken away in a spaceship and that part of my mind was bleached. I have no idea. But I really, it was only after Eccleston, really, that I started to get back into it and... And and all these memories and synapses were awakened. Whereas I suppose for me... You were looking forward to it coming back. Yes, I wasn't. I was ecstatic. I mean, I, I heard the news, I found it, and then the trail started to be um, uh, put out on BBC One. And I remember at one point, I was, I was watching programmes that I wouldn't normally watch. EastEnders, which is a, a primetime soap opera in this country, uh, just because I knew that if they were going to do a trailer, it would be after or before EastEnders. So I'd watch these programmes I didn't like, just so that I could... And, and this um, is, is quite a bizarre confession. So I could record the trailer on my phone 
off the telly so I could watch it over and over again. And that, that initial trailer with the, the ball of flames, none of which appeared in the uh, in the actual series, uh, with him running down a, a corridor saying, right. oh, do you want to come with me? I had that on my phone, uh, which I'd recorded off the screen. I would watch it secretly at work just to try and keep myself going. Where were you working? I was working at a cinema. I was an Odeon cinema. Well, that's a bit cheap. You could have been watching the film. I, I, I could have been watching. Uh, I could have been watching Harry Potter <laughs> uh, and the Order of the Phoenix. Not the best one. Nah. Radio Two MTL. Uh, one of the things that I, when I think about Eccleston and I think about we're coming up on the fiftieth anniversary and there's going to be many, many more years of Doctor Who um, in the future. I wonder is he going to be is he going to be in the same category as Paul McGann? You know, just flaring for a brief instant, and then he's gone. And there's, you know, people p- people will come to think of uh, David Tennant as the man who brought Doctor Who back. Mm. I, I think there's an element of truth in that. I, th- I think people were, were more aware of the show when Tennant was was in charge. But I don't think we would have got to that point without no. without Eccleston. Um, I, and I don't think there will ever be an episode or a series of Doctor Who or any episodes that, that are like the episodes from series one of the reboot. I think that's a snapshot in time. It's, um, you know, there, there will never be anything like that again because they were still feeling their way. They still weren't sure. Yeah, it, it, they, it almost feels as though they plumped for going down the uh, 60s Batman route for Doctor Who, though, to me. The music didn't help with that, but it, it did sort of feel... Um, overly camp, maybe. It felt overly camp. It, it felt uh, watching it, but it didn't feel like this at the time. When, when it when it came back at the time, I I was so pleased with it. I was so pleased with how modern it felt, how um, how they tweaked it, all of the things they've done, and uh, with the Doctor with Rose, with the TARDIS, everything. Absolutely loved it. Never noticed the music. Mm. Uh, you were wrong. But going back to it and seeing how the show has evolved now, and we we need to bear in mind that the, the time, the, the same amount of time has passed from Hartnell to to um, to Pertwee. Ooh. So uh, when you look back, you're making me feel old. Stop it. Well, it, that's, you are that, old. That's how long the show's been Damn. back. You know, that amount of development happened back in the in the classic series. Yeah. This amount of, of development has happened now. And people say that there's no difference between the RTD, or there are some people that say there is very little difference between RTD and Moffat. And there certainly is. Uh, I mean, they are definitely two distinct eras. Doctor Who has now been back long enough for there to be two distinct eras and feels to the show. You've made me feel even more old. Well, you are quite old. I don't care about eras. What do you care about? Good stories. What? So name... Oh, uh, oh, uh, Name the bad stories in series one. We haven't got time. Uh, Oh, no, no. Name them. them. There can't be that many. No, 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 no. The, um... Oh, Yeah... Ooh, it's I mean, I mean, there's general, there's there's general agreement that whenever you see a Slothene, it could get dire. Mm. Yeah, diarrhea. Sl- Slothene. I mean, they they slid them in there. Uh, slid them slid, in slid there. them in there. Yeah, um, because there wasn't a Sarah Jane Adventures at the time to to sli- slide them into, was there? Slot them. Sl- mm. Slot them into a Sarah Jane Adventures, but cause it, it kind of straddled both those things. It was trying to be a kids' show. It was trying to yeah. be an adult. Whereas I think now it's definitely more adult. In the way that the Hinchcliffe took it, I think. I think my uh, it'd be easy. It's, uh, quite a lot of the first series, I think, sort of just. I don't think it's particularly bad. I can understand the reasoning behind a lot of the choices, but 
they're not particularly good either. That's how I feel about the first series. I think that um, exceptions to that are the Unquiet Dead. Mm-hmm. Very yes. good one. Um, probably uh, the last one, certainly. Passing of the Ways. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's yeah. good. What about Father's Day? Yeah, I quite enjoyed that. Dalek? Dalek, yes. Dalek is a classic. Th- those four are probably the top. But um, I'm trying to think. I don't think there's any that I really hate. See, I quite like Boontown. I, I know Boontown gets a bad rap, but I, I like the the kind of moral questions and, and, and the whole th- that it that it was putting. It was packaging for children, yeah, or for a family audience. Mm. The ideas that that show had in it, you know, whether it was okay to kill someone, mm. and certainly from coming from a country like like our country, where we have a, well, we supposedly have an extradition treaty where we won't extradite people to places that will be killed it was an interesting mm. social commentary mm. and i thought i just i, I just like the um I, I liked the quasi uh crowded tardis thing um you know jack was a great companion back then before he uh went all torchwood um and became a different character uh that you know jack mickey and rose and the doctor all around the uh the restaurant table stuff like that you know it was light it was it was fun mm. mm-hmm and, the, and and there were lots of light and fun moments in in that that whole series. I, th- I think it, it reached its darkest probably with um, with the well with the Moffat um, episodes, you know, the Are You My Mummy? I, I, and I think you know, it was foreshadowing what was to come. I don't know why they. I don't like. I don't rate those up there. Mm. I know that a lot of people do think they're some of the best. Certainly the first series, but mm. I'm not that keen on them. I think the first one's possibly better than the second one. But I think I have a, I have a there are two two sections of my brainium. Uh, and one of them admits the faults of the first series, but the other one doesn't attribute those faults to the performance of Christopher Eccleston or the character of the Ninth Doctor. And I, I think I don't think they they were the problems. I think the other the problems were that they didn't really know where they were going to take the show. That they were trying to take it a little bit light, a little bit dark. They were trying to cover all the bases. And I think that's where it, that's where it fell down. And I think if you'd had another series, we would have we would have warmed to him in the, in the same way that you warmed to other doctors that <clears throat> McCoy that didn't start off very well. Who? I McCoy. wasn't he with that wasn't he get that a guy with a hat? He was a guy with a hat uh, and a pratfall uh, and spoons. I love him. But he was given time to breathe, wasn't he? He was given time to find the character, I think. Yeah. That's well, well that was Eccleston's choice though, wasn't it? Well, they only had the one contract the one series contract because they could because they weren't sure whether it was going to be commissioned again. So why bother signing someone up for two because con- they would have had to pay him if it hadn't come back for a second series. His choice though. Yeah, but it was the cult they overworked him. I can I can understand his reasons. I I can understand um his reasons for not being too vocal about it because you know it was a job he did it uh, and he's had a lot of flack in the press uh, and in fandom but he's refused to sort of join in the fight which has made it a bit sort of mysterious i wonder how much flack he got for gi joe because that was appalling that should have got (laughs) for that but less important is the flack more important is the money i would imagine why he probably got a bit of money for it what for gi joe oh yeah i suppose he would yeah Hollywood, yep. isn't it? Did Where you are you, do... Chip? Where are you? Are you? Are you in Hollywood? I am not in Hollywood. I'm on the other coast. Which one? Uh, the east coast. Uh, east coast, not the West Coast. Right. Uh, um, from and 
I can I can say with authority that I have not seen Christopher Eccleston in G.I. Joe and haven't really sought that one out. No, don't. Don't. Although there, there's um, a nice lady in it and she's wearing tight... Oh, probably don't. Just no. Don't. I mean, having... having uh, agree, unanimously, uh, unanimously agreed uh, that it was awful, I... I haven't seen it either. Oh, it was terrible, terrible. You know, th- yeah. th- there are some things in You're life right. that you know are awful. There are some things in life that you have read that are awful. <laughs> and uh, this is one of the ones that I've read is awful. <laughs> no, it is awful. Um, so uh, if, we had to, if we had to just sort of wrap things up in, uh, in a package with a nice pretty bow on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christopher Eccleston, the ninth doctor. Gurning or great? Ooh. Uh, I think necessary. Necessary. That's N- necessary. The very essence of damning with faint praise. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I would say um, I would say uh, a bridge to better things. It would have been nicer if the bridge was a bit longer, and there mm-hmm. were a few more things to see along the way. A few more support struts. Yes. Cause, yes. Because apparently the bridge just collapsed halfway. Yeah, it did. Which is uh, which is not good for a bridge. It's the but opposite of what you want from a bridge. It defeats all of the main objectives of a bridge. Yeah. Well, they, they built another one from the other side. They did, yeah. But when they got to the point where the original bridge collapsed, Eccleston was doing G.I. Joe. And uh, Heroes. Well, he was all right in that, wasn't he? He was invisible. He was, oh, 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 he, was, he was great in that, and then he just disappeared, funnily enough. Yeah, but he, mm. this is his thing. He, he, he appears, he does greatness, and then he, and then he disappears. And does just like the doctor. Yes. So he, in many ways, he is the quintessential doctor. I did like him in Our Friends in the North and Cracker. He has been brilliant in everything else he's ever done. I mean, mean, he's brilliant in that. John Lennon. Yeah, man, he really got the essence without doing an, an aping impression. The man is a great actor and we are lucky to have had him play the ninth incarnation of the doctor. Yeah, yeah uh, he was, I will, I will agree with Harry entirely, although with a little more than damning praise, um, he was absolutely necessary. He gave the show instant credibility. Mm. Yeah, that su- could not be taken away by Slitheen. <laughs> and that is some credibility. Harry and Leeson, where can my listeners find you? on your various podcasting endeavours. You can find us on the internet. If you type in Radio Rassalon, Radio, that's R-A-D-I-O, R-A-S-S-I... L-L... That's the one, L-L... O-N. O-N, yeah. Into the Google, that's G... Treble... Treble O... It's on the internet. Right. And also, we're iTunes as well, but I don't care because I'm Android now. You can tweet us... You can tweet us at Radio Rassilon, at Leeson Fisher, at Harry Medium. Yep. And that's pretty much all you need to know. And we will be returning soon to your earwaves with new episodes. Certainly within a year and a half. Definitely before the 50th. That's magnificent. And where can I find you guys if uh, I can't wait? We'll be in the ensuite. Are you going to use that toilet? No. It's, it's non-functional. Now. What, right now? No. Can no. I go? No, you can't. It's covered up with stuff. No. Gentlemen, thank you. It's been a pleasure, Chip. Chip, nice to speak to you finally. 